Hi, hi. Welcome to SF Design Week at the CJM. Whoa. <laughs> Feel the energy? How is Michael? Killed it? Great. I hope you gave him a round of applause there. Yeah, okay. Um, just maybe to get a sense, how many designers do we have here? Designers? Designers? Uh, how about uh, the non-designers? Just keep your hands down. That's the rest of you. Okay. Um, um, there could be the joke, like how many people don't like raising their hands. It's the joke, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, I was going to talk for about 20 minutes or so, and I have this long outline I made, but I'm going to try to not have to refer to it while we're talking. So um, this is really unusual. <laughs> I feel... This is Devin Cornwall, by the way. He's a designer here at CJM. And so hi, again. Yeah, I'm Brad Aldridge. I just actually exited uh, three weeks ago, but we'd already planned this whole thing. Um, so why not do it? And I moved over to a creative agency called Butcher Shop. Some of you may have been there on Tuesday. Um, and so I'm kind of doing what I'm doing, I'm designing and, and stuff. So, I think from um, the SF Design Week point of view, it's, it's one of the things that happens when I'm talking to people about being a designer and I say, oh, I'm, I work at a museum. They're like, whoa, that's, that's awesome, that's epic. Like, what's, tell me more. And I think there is this secret dream all of us have as designers is like, yeah, I wanna work at a museum and I wanna design everything. Um, and it's a, it's a great goal, and I'm proud that I just did that, and I went through that experience, and I want to share it. So um, take you through some things, kind of like some case studies, some process, some stuff I learned that I think is really awesome and valuable to share. Um, and then at the end, maybe we'll have some questions. So I had the great honor to found the CJM de design department. Uh, I started it with this guy over here, Devin Cornwall. And the CJM, when, when I started, was, was uh, doing all of their creative work out of house, uh, except for like some smaller things. Um, so we decided to create this team. And one of the things that design in a museum has to kind of combat is that a museum is inherently about artists, right? Museum plus artists. So you have kind of an interesting dialogue creatively, right? Because the artist is almost the king of creative. The interesting thing, though, at a museum is variety. You get to do a ton of things. And between Devin and I and, and a, a few other freelancers and some illustrators and photographers and some developers, we did, this is just like 1% a, a, a of what we did here at the museum. And everything you can see here is, is, is ours. And it gives you a great sense of ownership, right? Everything um, you're a part of. So it's really nice. How does it all work? And what's this process like? I'm going to kind of take you through perhaps a, uh, a more like exhibition focused uh, case study. So it starts with curators. And this is, uh, this is Lily Siegel and Randy Pritikin. They didn't know I was taking this photo. <laughs> and they're looking at, what are they looking at? Oh, they're looking at catalog proofs. So this is a show that opens next week called Night Begins the Day. You should all check it out. I designed the catalog and the show. Um, and so it starts with curators, and curators come with a point of view. They have like a focus, right? We want to bring in this artist, they want to talk about this, or maybe in the case of Night Begins the Day, Rennie and Lily had a point of view. They're like, we want to deal with the sublime, we want to deal with um, 
like fake things, real things, beauty, uh, lots of different stuff. So they put together a big show full of artists. This is Josh Green. Did Josh hear? He was. He was. So Josh Green, and that's Jay Otto Siebold. And so you're, you, you have that, artists. Artists are generating these things. And from a design perspective, you're starting with what, what are they trying to say? What are they trying to do? What's the curators trying to say? What are they trying to do? And for um, Bound to Be Held, which you guys were just in, we, we actually started with books. I mean, the show is about books and really kind of actually drawing inspiration from the title, thinking about how do we, how do, like the book is king in this show. It's the Josh Green was really obsessed with books. So kind of the process started leading to, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be great if we had like a giant like book cover perhaps, like that would be really cool and getting some of this text and trying to be bold and bright and vibrant. And then it started morphing as like, oh man, what if we got, what if it looked like an old penguin book and it was open and the gallery text was actually connected to the book. So this was like a progression over a couple of weeks, talking with Rennie, talking with Josh Green. I had this idea to custom print this um, wallpaper, turned out to cost a fortune. So they were like, nope, let's just replace it with paint. <laughs> um, but then like simultaneously in these conversations, as you're learning about the show, you're working with um, the artist, you're working with a preparator. This is Josh Peeper, our former preparator, and you're actually working in a model. And you can see some of the models around the room. I recommend you take a look at them. They're all to scale, half inch, I think. Uh, and so you can see we were playing around with like the orientation of the show. We actually made little models of the shelves in, in the show too. Uh, simultaneously, you're having conversations with the marketing people, you're having conversations with the fundraising people, you're having conversations with our education team, you're having conversations with the visitor service people. How are people gonna get in the gallery? They're checking out books, what? How's that gonna work? So as a designer, you're kind of like a part of that too, like because you're, you're kind of thinking through like, well, how do these things affect the show? How do they affect the look and feel of the show? You start building things. So this is that book that's out there. That's half of the book. Uh, and this is the, um, the big giant sign, which this even here, this was like a whole design process, which I don't have time to actually tell you about. You start getting into install. Uh, in the case of that giant book, that's all vinyl, cut vinyl on the wood. Josh Green was here organizing all those books for like two weeks. There he is. He's so handsome. So that's kind of a really shortened, condensed version. I skipped a whole lot of things. And there's not just like the designer, the curator, and the crew. There's also like the back of house staff, like really like running the invitations, running the show, running how do we, what's the party going to be like when we open this? So there's a lot of players in this. But what I wanted to kind of take a moment to get to, and the point of perhaps SF Design Week is to really share, talk about design, is I wanted to give you some secret sauce lessons about working in a museum, and I think things that are super helpful in, as a, a growing design career. So these are the three lessons of being a museum designer, and I think they're relevant to all of you. And my history as a designer is a, is a funny little path, and I, I'm, it, at first I think I was like, I'm weird, no one's gonna like me. But it turns out that is really great <laughs> from a job perspective, because you have something to talk about, because you're like, hey, I have all these crazy experiences, hire me. And it works out, actually. So I started my career wanting to be um, a, a, an Imagineer at like Disneyland, um, designing Disney rides. And it kind of morphed into being a graphic designer, morphed into being a set designer, morphed back into being a graphic designer, I worked in newspapers, and then I came to museums. And so it's like I hobbled this whole thing together. So some of these lessons are also added on from, from these things. One of the things that's super important is be genuine, curious, and know 
the people that you're working with, but not just the people that are like right across the table, I'm talking about every person that touches the process you're on. So if you're a designer and you're going to press, who's, who's, who are your contacts at the press and what do they do, how do they help you, and know them, care about them, right? Like here at the CJM, um, many of you might have the program guide. Is the Amy Winehouse one out? So that was a press called Hill and Sons Family Run Press in San Leandro. The guy, the, the master printer that ran it, Larry, was the coolest dude I've ever met. And what was great about that is you could have these conversations. And I was learning all along the way how to actually make my design better. Like, even as far as like, hey, use a rich black. Just don't use regular black. I'm like, what? There's a, there's a, there's a black that costs more money? What? <laughs> uh, so, but the, the takeaway is don't be an asshole to the people that you work with. And, and that, that's, that's because I have encountered so frequently with designers, for, with technical people, is they're like, you designers are assholes. And that's not nice, but I think what they mean to say is that sometimes designers don't communicate well, they don't understand the craft of the folks you're working with. Like for Night Begins the Day upstairs when you guys come and see it next week when it opens on Thursday, uh, it's, it's, uh, we had the title hand-painted by New Bohemia Signs. It, it's awesome. It's a hand-painted, hand-painted sign? What? That's incredible. And I, I'm you got to learn everything, but I got to, I missed the whole install, so I, I feel robbed of all that knowledge. Um, but it's the crew, like this, this is, uh, that's Ian, that's Ian up on the lift. And this is when we were doing um, Warren Hellman upstairs and creating a great relationship with, this was our fabricator. He built the giant book, up, he built the entire show, Josh Green's show. And like being able to learn from each other was a really valuable moment. Even like people we'd hire, so this is um, Blow Up Lab and they did all the vinyl out here on the windows. And like just knowing, like for example, that you can only get vinyl this wide by one more inch. So there's interesting lessons about that. And like you learn about the materials and you're learning what's, how far can I take it? How far can I, what can I do to it? What can, how, how malleable is it? Uh, a great example I think is we did that. We had this Mahjong show a few, gosh, maybe a year ago. You'll see some examples of that. And the idea for this is on Yerba Buena Lane. An idea that came out of it was like kind of inspired by what if a Chinese restaurant, a kibbutz room, like in my head that's like canners in LA and like a mahjong, like a bunch of old ladies playing mahjong, what, what would that look like? And so this was like one of our first ideas and it started morphing into maybe just something more simple with different mahjong tiles. And because of the relationship with the crew, really talking out problems and trusting each other, um, we were able to realize a bunch of things and that's where models are super helpful back there. One of the things was that the clearance between how far away the tiles could be was really slim. And so I actually got a chance to, one of the things I also do is I'm also a magician. And I said, oh, we can solve that problem really simply. We can make the ones in the back look further away by just making them smaller. And the crew was like, no, what? That's, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And I, I made the model and, I sh and it in fact worked. And even then they're like, I don't know. And then I had a friend who just happens to design illusions for David Copperfield call the preparator and say, yeah, this will work. And <laughs> So I taught, I taught the crew a really awesome lesson. This is the model, and these, these tiles in their back are smaller. The ones in the middle are a little bigger, and the ones up front are much bigger. I have one upstairs that was going to go to my house, but it's like this big, so it's not going to go to my house. And this is, this is uh, kind of seeing it up close, like trying to show the forced perspective. That's the technique. 
and here's how it installed. You could see this is this is actually one of this was thinner and smaller. That was one of the ones in the back. This is Jonathan Hirabayashi who does our vinyl, putting the vinyl on. This is a separate crew for our recolor, putting the um, the giant um, vinyl uh, sign on the stucco. Here's the install. Here's the Turu installing, and that's the view inside it. So, and that's what it looked like at the end. Looked a lot like the model. So all this comes out of just knowing. Knowing, knowing people, respecting them, understanding them, being genuinely interested in what they're doing. I think sometimes we're so crazy busy as designers and we're like, I have this deadline on Friday. Oh my God, it's Friday today. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, and, and you just are rushing. And just remember to take that time and, and to actually, like, you, you should be legitimately interested in this kind of stuff. And this is for, you know, if you're doing digital work, you, you have to have great relations with engineers and developers and so, anyway. The next thing, though, is use your senses. And the strange, the strange idea is sight might come last. And, and I think you've already seen a little bit of this, but is use models, make stuff, actually build things, fail as cheaply and quickly as you can. And one of the things that was a huge takeaway for us at the CJM was building models, building mock-ups out of cardboard and paper, even with print stuff doing, like actually making, like, you know, we, we made dust jackets when we were testing dust jackets for um, for our catalog, and it may sound obvious, but I, I feel like this doesn't happen that much, and even um, even just in not as designers, like just remembering, print stuff out, make it, build it, it, play with it. And this is a lesson I took away from the theater, and it's a lesson when I was uh, had my dream of working as a designer at Disneyland. This is something they've been doing at Disney and in movies for years. This is Walt Disney, in front of Main Street. Um, we use models. There's Rennie again. With this is that's with uh, J.O. Siebold, and this is in the same gallery that you were just in. And we had built all this incredible furniture to this really immersive environment. We had to build models and mock-ups to really figure out how are people going to walk through all this. And here is the finished product, and you can kind of see this is what they're talking about. This is the jail, and you can see how things already shift from into the real space. But this is practically how we built the model. Similarly for um, Josh Green, the Yerba Buena Lane windows, this was actually kind of one of those, those conversations where like budget was like slim. Um, things were kind of coming up really fast and we were losing a lot of time and we had to do something in Yerba Buena Lane and working with Josh Green, it was like, well, what, what do we do? Do you have a vision? And he's like, no, you can just do it. And I'm like, thank you, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And so one of the things was like we, he had this epic art of those of those book covers, and it was kind of as simple as let's let's try to really emphasize that. And then we had some ideas for the vinyl, and this is how it ends up looking. So here's the model. There's the real thing. I don't know. That's pretty cool to me. I love it when that happens. Um, similarly, upstairs with um, Warren Hellman, we we. We wanted to make a really big statement about when you entered the show, and because when you come up the stairs, and I'm sure you can all think about this next time you go upstairs, is if that wasn't there, it's, it's not obvious to make a right, it's more obvious to make a left. So we really wanted to try to draw people into the gallery, and to get there, we had to mock it up. We had, we had a, a, an elevation, there's Ian again, uh, and so we did it cardboard. This was just a piece of pipe uh, clamped up onto the surface. We didn't spend any money on this. And, but we proved the concept. And, we, and what we did was we realized, we proved how high to make it. That's what was here. That's what was um, important. But this was also to improve and to grow and to change as a designer, as a creative. 
um, to, to in, in make, the, uh, make it more successful because he, here is where we, where we are now and here's what it was, right? That was the previous show. It was really hard to see. People weren't going in there and it was kind of a bummer. Uh, also print stuff out. You could see over there the Sadaka box, which is a show that just closed, but we really weren't sure if this was actually gonna read in that space up uh, in, the, in, the, in the lobby, that's Claire. And so we had to kind of move the whole thing through. Even elevations, proving how things work or don't work. Like this was a giant, um, this is a giant panel that when we printed it out, it was like, oh my God, this is huge. I mean, it was like, if it fell on somebody, it gives a whole nother meaning to the word Sadaka. Because uh, <laughs> talk about charity. Uh, so we ended up slimming it down and we ended up actually like, we felt like we couldn't align these things as well. So we ended up kind of turning it into this. It was a great progression that happened in real time and real space. And this is how it looked when it was installed. I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, okay, running through quickly. So uh, designing is only half of your job, talking is the other half. And this is a huge thing that I think if any of you uh, ever work with like clients or you have to talk to people, you, you may have like internal clients, you may have external clients, but you have to sell design. You have to sell, why does it matter? Like why am I paying for all this, you know, one, what is one color, what is that? What is it? Just send it somewhere else, you know, cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. And it's like, no, no, no. We have to do it, you know, and it's about selling it in two different directions. You have your audience, let's say, and then you have your immediate client. And a huge thing, of course, is using evidence to support what you're talking about, getting away from feelings, and really saying, well, when we used this red color last year, we had zero units left. When we used the blue color, the six months before, we had 6,000 left. So the red is working better. That, and you can't ref refute that. Um, the other thing is to, is to remember, like, especially like in a museum, like a nonprofit, it's sometimes, it's easy to kind of get into the emotional space. It's like, well, I'm not, I don't feel that our, our members would like that. And it's like, well, that's a great point. But our mission is this, and this design is all from our mission. And that's a great, you can't lose when you use the mission. So always, <laughs> it's like, this, this catalog is making the Jewish experience relevant for the 21st century because of this, this, and this, and this. There you go, That's, that, was, that was every meeting I was ever in at the CJM. <laughs> you all know my secret now. So, um, but also, um, you have to, in-house designers have to teach people what design is, and that is a huge thing, and I'm sure you've heard this, it's, uh, but it, it's real, and, and, and just not being afraid to be like, hey, let me, let me tell you like, how this works, and let me, and it's, it's, it's almost kind of like my first point, is getting comfortable and close to people, and building that trust as designer, is like, they don't, you know, a lot of folks don't really understand what design is, they see it, and they love it or hate it, but they don't know the process that's going into it, so, so that's, that's kind of where I'm going with there. Um, I already went through the, use the mission, uh, but, <laughs> So just remember, uh, if this is a, yes. Um, so museums are really awesome and I had an incredible experience working in one. Uh, I got to work on so many different things and I got to experience that transition and growth of, of going from kind of like doing web and print and then actually like getting into space and doing exhibitions and, and really thinking about even the museum's brand. I mean, over the last three years, this, the CJM sets changed um, the way we, 
we're perceived on the street. Like outside, we're much more unified than we used to be. And inside, we're much more unified. And also our exhibitions, since they're being done in-house, have, have, they have more of a conversation with each other. Um, I think it goes without saying, we have to talk about the future of what, what a museum is and what uh, design in a museum is. And I think what's great about right now is museums are really realizing that designers are awesome. And I think there's a lot of growth and a lot of room. And I think a lot of museums already, I've, I've seen, are, in, are bringing in their own creatives in-house. They're starting their own design departments. They're valuing design. And I think some of this is the shifts in like, you, you, know, you have these mega successful companies like Apple that you know, say, we have a chief design executive officer now. So, and people are reacting to that. Um, I think similarly, as art is adapting and changing into our contemporary world, it's getting more complicated to just stick it on the wall. I have a great friend, Man Bartlett. He sends an email artwork every week via MailChimp. And it's a beautiful, like, it's a GIF. That's what it is. But how do I display that in the gallery without it just being like a screen on the wall? And I think that's where designers start to solve those problems. And I think especially um, as the relationship of what a museum is supposed to do as maybe a culture center, not just a, a collector of art, that's when you have to have conversations and great communication. Yeah, well, thanks so much, and uh, yeah. And I'll hang out if you, you want to talk to me. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of your day. And SF Design Week, thanks to Natalia Gravity, uh, Josh. Thanks to Devin, who actually helped me put all this together, too, and everybody else. So thank you. <laughs>